no, the blockchain doesn't record real names. The blockchain doesn't record passports, driver's licenses, any KYC information. It is those layers above or those inputs and outputs who are companies, Bitcoin exchanges, wallet providers who are keeping that information. This is Bitcoin Basics Podcast with your host Ferris, that's me, and Gordon from Coin Compass. We're Bitcoin advisors and educators supporting business and individual investors to safely buy, manage, and control their private keys, Bitcoins. This podcast is strictly educational and is not intended to be financial or investment advice. Full disclaimer in the show notes and at the end of this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bitcoin Basics Podcast. So uncharacteristically and coincidentally, Gordon and I happen to be in the same room for this recording. Gordon, how are you doing? I'm good. We didn't record a podcast 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, so that's why we haven't changed, not just that we're tech slobs. Um, so today's episode, I'm going to be picking Gordon's brain a little bit. Now, a lot of people have asked the question, is Bitcoin private? As in, can you make transactions and hide them from governments, other people? So we're going to be exploring that a bit today. So Bitcoin, Gordon, is it private? Hi, Ferris. Uh, the answer is no, it's not. So, good podcast. <laughs> Give me <laughs> All right. The answer, of course, like most things, is it's on a sliding scale. It's nuanced. So, from a transactional point of view, you have a random number. It's not random, but you have a long string of numbers sending to another long string of numbers any amount of Bitcoin. That individual transaction is anonymous. However, if you're using same addresses... And for example, you bought Bitcoin in an exchange, and then you're moving that to somewhere else. In terms of the blockchain, it is private. But in terms of people do analysis of that, linking that transaction to a real world person, it's not private. And that's why people say Bitcoin is pseudonymous, which basically means it's semi-private. It's on a sliding scale. So if we look at an example, you buy Bitcoin from Coinbase, in Coinbase, you have to do something called KYC AML, know your customer rules, and they you take a picture of your with a selfie of you and your passport, you transfer some money to Coinbase, you buy Bitcoin. Coinbase knows all your information. Now you may transfer that Bitcoin out of Coinbase to a hardware wallet or to a paper wallet or to somewhere else. So that transaction on the blockchain shows one Bitcoin address to another Bitcoin address, but Coinbase in their internal auditing and accounting actually know that that was you transferring that money to someone else or maybe yourself. So is it like that with pretty much anywhere you go in that you have your wallet, which is basically an address. So we think of it like an email address. I send you Bitcoin that is recorded and can anyone see how many Bitcoins are in my wallet, how many I've sent you? So is it that transparent? Yeah, so we, we really have different layers. So we've got the blockchain layer. And as we discussed before, the, the only thing that the blockchain actually shows someone, so you could go onto any of the block explorers. So see, feel free to listen to some of our previous episodes. And you can actually see transactions in real time. Now, there isn't a person looking at a computer screen from a three-letter agency looking at all the transactions fly by. They've written sophisticated software that goes through transactions from today up until the Genesis block 10, 11 years ago. So the complicated algorithms and programs that just crunch the numbers and try to determine patterns. So perhaps 
In terms of the blockchain, it is anonymous, the individual transactions, but you have to get in and out of Bitcoin somehow and use some kind of software. We're not all using, we're not all geeks to use command line tools and that kind of stuff. So usually what you do is you download a Bitcoin wallet that could be on your mobile phone, could be on your computer, or it could be a hardware wallet, which we've discussed in previous episodes. And that hardware wallet was created by someone. So there is a human behind that. There is a company behind that. And essentially, they can actually view every single thing that you're doing. So for example, you're transferring that one Bitcoin or whatever it is to a software wallet on your mobile phone. That wallet provider, probably not all of them, is tracking your at least at the very least your statistics. So how much Bitcoin you've got, your IP address, transactions in and out. Now, they might not be using those statistics, but they are certainly logging those transactions. I guess a simplistic analogy would be if someone saw you with your actual physical wallet paying money, again, at our bakery, uh, someone could actually say, well, you know, Gordon's paid $5 at a bakery at this location at this time to this merchant. That's probably the best analogy that I can come up with. So just with that, Gordon, um, say I download a Bitcoin wallet. Can anyone just log in to the blockchain and figure out which wallet is mine, Ferris, and see how many Bitcoins I have in there? No, and you doxed yourself by saying your full name. But um, no, the blockchain doesn't record real names. The blockchain doesn't record passports, driver's licenses, any KYC information. It is those layers above or those inputs and outputs who are companies, Bitcoin exchanges, wallet providers who are keeping that information. Now, a lot of wallet providers and certainly the ones that we recommend, check out our newsletter, don't record that information. But again, you are basically relying on a third party not to, you know, give your sensitive data to marketers or to three-letter agencies. So Bitcoin blockchain is not tracking you, but third parties and pretty much everyone else assume that they are tracking you. So I suppose here, Bitcoin is actually very transparent and can be very public. Is there a way of making Bitcoin private if I want to involve in a transaction where I kind of want to keep that private? I don't want it to be affiliated with me for whichever reason. Is there a way you can do that with Bitcoin? There certainly is. And without giving away our secret sauce, come and uh, join us at one of our workshops where we go through what is called OPSEC, operational security, which basically means not uh, putting your private information online. In terms of Bitcoin transactions, they're really recording three things. They're recording the person who's sending the money or the Bitcoin address, where it's going to, the amount And actually four things, a timestamp. So what block that is included in. So if you look at an individual transaction, again, there's really nothing to link any of those together. However, with sophisticated tools, you certainly can try to make that difficult, not because you are doing something illegal, but the same reason why you close the bathroom door, you want some privacy. So things like using a VPN, for example, or Tor Network, and have a look at our YouTube videos if you have no idea what I'm talking about there. So not using your IP address that's at home. That's probably the major way to do it. And the second major way is not reusing addresses. So for example, if someone's sending you Bitcoin to your Bitcoin wallet, you have then received that Bitcoin. If you use the same address to receive 
more Bitcoins or to send, then that's going to create some sort of link in the blockchain between your addresses. So there are essentially an unlimited amount of Bitcoin addresses. It's free. Why on earth would you want to reuse them? It's convenient. But while it's software nowadays, and even some more sophisticated software than the one that a couple of Bitcoin wallets that we recommend actually don't reuse addresses by default. So whenever you're receiving or sending Bitcoin through a wallet, they're not reusing any of those addresses anyway. So I would say they are the two main ways. And if you wanted to be more sophisticated, there are certainly other ways, which I'm not going to go into here, which we discussed on the last podcast about fungibility of coin joins and going through... Um, sort of uh, dark web uh, VPN technology called Tor and this kind of stuff. Um, perhaps I wouldn't do that if you don't know what you're doing, but simply by using a VPN and not reusing, reusing addresses, you've just made it infinitely more difficult for three-letter agencies or chain analysis, coin analysis to do these sophisticated linking between Bitcoin addresses and it's actually quite amazing. We will actually link some of these programs that you can actually look up online. You can punch in your Bitcoin address and one Bitcoin address today in 2020 could be linked to 15,000, 20,000, up to 100,000 other addresses. And all it takes is one address to be de-anonymized either by an IP address or linked to an exchange to then make all those other addresses de-anonymized as well. So... It's not about uh, doing terrorist activities. It's not about doing criminal stuff. It's about protecting your privacy and um, using best practices for doing that. So if I'm understanding this correctly, Gordon, Bitcoin is actually designed to be very public and very transparent. It can be used privately to keep some transactions private, as in, and when we say private, the transaction is still recorded on the blockchain but it'd be very hard, difficult for someone to identify that address with you. But in order to do that, you really need to know what you're doing. Yeah, you do. And guaranteed, there's pretty much every government agency in the world right now that have huge databases downloaded a local copy of the blockchain and they're running these enormous uh, programs and computers to number crunch activities on the blockchain. And we're talking the Bitcoin blockchain. You know, there are 3,000 cryptocurrencies. So... Um, obviously they can't track everything, but I'm sure they're tracking Bitcoin. And also an important thing to understand is it's not transactions that you do now or in the future, it's past transactions as well. So think about what you're doing today, because in 20 years time, when the technology becomes more sophisticated, they'll be essentially be able to go back in time 20 years and actually see what you did in terms of your buying and selling and your Bitcoin habits on the blockchain. So Again, uh, individual transactions are anonymous, but when you are linking transactions together, that then forms a pattern of a sliding scale between you know, fully anonymous and basically completely KYC known. Okay, thanks, Gordon. Well, that answers my questions about whether Bitcoin is private. Um, is there anything else you want to add? Any questions I should have asked that I haven't? So I'm not going to bore everyone with going down the rabbit hole of how to de-anonymize yourself and how to anonymize yourself. But one important thing is that I would consider Bitcoin not private. And overall, I know it's a sliding scale. However, it's kind of interesting in that the blockchain is completely public. Anyone can download and view it, including private citizens like us and three-letter agencies. 
But if you actually use something like the Lightning Network to achieve some sort of level of privacy, that is actually private. And the, the way it is private is that there is actually not a public ledger on the Lightning Network. So it's kind of interesting in that all this innovation is actually happening not on the Bitcoin main chain, but around it in terms of privacy, scalability, fungibility, security. And so, for example, sending a Lightning transaction is private. Now, it's not using the Bitcoin main chain, but it is, in effect, using Bitcoin. So I think that's actually how things will go. And um, good luck to um, anyone trying to track those transactions. Thanks, Gordon. And yeah, we did an episode on the Lightning Network. Please um, check that one out. And yeah, from everyone here at Coin Compass, everyone being Gordon and myself, thank you for listening. And please, if you got anything out of this, go to iTunes, give us a five-star review and post some feedback. Thank you for your support, everyone. Thanks for watching or listening. Please visit coincompass.com free to register to our socials and discover other free content. Subscribing, liking, and following helps this content remain ad-free. Until next time.